Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Today we are brought to you by Favor Apple Cider Vinegar, and today we are going to talk to you about the draft, the NFL draft. We're going to talk all about it, break it down. Steph, I have to say, I really liked the virtual format. I'm not saying it should stay forever, but there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it, but I think that the NFL really, you know, killed it with what they had to do. And I think they really showed that sports can be broadcast in such a way that is fun and interactive. And, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I I watched every single, like, pick to the Mm -hmm. seventh round. And, you know, I I just thought it was great. So, yeah, um, kudos to the NFL for that one. And I think it was really fun. First of all, I think, you know, Roger Goodell, who is always got controversy swirling around him. Of course, usually he gets booed at the draft. And I I gave him a lot of credit for working with Bud Light on that boo the commish thing that (laughs) went on Twitter. And, you know, when Bud Light would donate. So I thought that was kind of great in, in him and his basement. I mean, even at the end of, I think, was it night two or night one where he was, um, lying down on his recliner chair by the end there. I was like, you know, I feel you. I'm tired too. And and it felt so real. It just felt like he was like, I'm tired. I'm lying down now. Seeing the coaches and the GMs at home with their families doing the picks, I think was fun. And a couple favorite moments. One shameless plug, of course, that Steph here was the first one to bring to my attention was that John Lynch's daughter (laughs) – was wearing our Fangirl Sports Network football and chill t-shirt on national television live during the draft. And it's so funny because I know she has a shirt. And so when they showed John in his office and two of his daughters came in for like a split second, I thought, oh, I wonder if anybody will be wearing a shirt. And then the two girls were wearing 49er shirts and I looked down to tweet something. And that's when I saw your tweet. And then I had a flurry of text messages and tweets that came in. And I looked up and I was like, oh, my God, she's wearing our shirt. So that was super exciting. Yeah. So, I, I tweeted you because I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, and I was so excited. I was more excited about that than the draft pick. So I was like. I mean, it was a very, it was a very exciting moment for Fangirl Sports Network. Uh, I was very excited too. If you guys like that shirt or want to see that shirt, here's another shameless plug. You can get it at shop.fgsn.com. It's very cute, very comfortable. So that was, that was like my favorite image. My second favorite image in which I was crying, laughing, and I don't know if I was just starting to get delirious or what, (laughs) but was when they showed Bill Belichick, Patriots head coach, and oh. it was just his dog sitting at the computer, and I about died. <laughs> that was it. I was like, that's 
amazing. I I relate. I relate. And it's so Bill Belichick, you know, it's like. Of all people, I mean, it's so <laughs> perfect. And those are the moments that you don't get if the draft isn't at home. You know, so and I love the kids and like everybody was in, you know, involved and it's just cool. It just shows the human aspect of this. You know, we're all in this together and we're all at home and we're dealing with our kids and we have our, you know, everything going on. I just loved it. The pets, everything. I did too. I have to, I really did too. I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people, I saw a lot of tweets saying, you know, NFL, this was kind of fun. And you know, I think we all want to get to a place where we are, quote unquote, back to normal, whatever that new normal ends up being. But like you said at the beginning, it just shows that sports can be fun and interactive, even if we can't be there live. And, you know, should should sports end up coming back without fans for a while? I think this was a good test. Clearly, it's different because it's not a game, right. but it was a good test somewhat showing that when when you're not live, what you can still do to keep it interactive and fun. So, you know, we'll see how all that plays out. But I thoroughly enjoyed the draft and probably enjoyed it as much as I have um, in a long time. I, too, watched all seven rounds, which I which I always do because, I'll, you know, we're covering our teams. But it was just kind of a different experience. So it was cool. So I definitely enjoyed that. And then I think Steph and I are going to each talk a little bit about our team's drafts, Niners and Jaguars, and what we felt about them, and then break down kind of our favorites or not so favorites in our conference. Uh, so Steph, tell me about the Jaguars draft, Jaguars draft. I can say that, say that two, three times fast. Jaguars. <laughs> uh, they had a lot of picks. And mm-hmm. what did you think? How, were you happy with what they did? And do you feel the team has improved? Yeah, it's definitely improved. You know, um, like you said, they had a lot of picks. There were 12, but they also had a lot of needs. I wasn't sure how they were going to rank those needs. And, you know, they picked uh, cornerback C.J. Henderson, who I think is wonderful. And it's definitely, since losing Ramsey, um, definitely a need. They went defensive and offensive linebacker. They got a wide receiver they got a defensive tackle they got an offensive tackle um an extra corner they got an extra linebacker safe safety another wide receiver they also were even able to get a qb uh jake luton who in the sixth round and as Minshew turned out to be quite a player you know, you never know how these prospects are going to go. So I liked it. Um, I see at least four or five of them making impacts on the team. And I think Luton was worth a flyer um, to sit behind Gardner Minshew, if anything. Um, Cam Robinson is still there, but I think he's good to teach a tackle, uh, Ben Bark. So I thought that was a really good choice. Um so yeah, I, I'm happy with it. I gave it an A minus, all you know, things considered. But I, I'm happy. I think they have a lot of volume there because they were able to pick up so many, you know, really good players. And I, I think it's going to make a difference. Do I think they're going to necessarily uh, go to the Super Bowl? No, but I think that they have a chance. <laughs> Say that last part one more time, Steph. You cut. You cut out for a second. I I just said that I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think they have a chance to compete. And that's really what you want in a team is that you want them to at least get competitive and really just show, you know, that they did, they 
are in the NFL and that they, they're not losing every single game. So I like the draft. I think it's much improved and the team was improved after it. I agree. I think that that, and I think that's really the best that you can hope for. You know, who knows what actually happens until we get to September uh, or whenever the season starts, but we don't know what actually happens. But at the end of the day, did the team fulfill the needs that it feels like they need? And, and it sounds like they did. So I think, I think that's a good thing. Uh, so what grade would you give your Jacksonville Jaguars in this draft? I gave it an A minus. I think okay. that it's definitely a territory. And I think that they did the best with what they had with what they could. I think that it was impressive volume and they got a little bit of everything. So I, I'm very happy. And I think that it's going to make a big defense impact soon. And that's something that the Jaguars are known to do. So that's something that I think needs to kind of be rebuilt there. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'm curious to see how the Jaguars season goes. I think it's funny with the Jaguars because the last couple of years, you know, they had that, that great run and then we thought they were going to be good. And it was just kind of a disaster. <laughs> and then we got Nick Foles and he got injured week one. So that was a disaster. So we'll see these, this new look Jacksonville Jaguars. It'd be fun to see how Minshew plays out uh, and the legend continues. And so it's going to be fun to watch them. So I agree. It looks like they had a good draft and a minus is a very good grade. I think we would all be happy with an a minus. So <laughs> we will take that. Uh, I am going to talk a little bit about those San Francisco 49ers who I believe had just really a fantastic draft. I think John Lynch is a magician. I really do. I mean, really, he is a magician. So as I think most of you know, they traded DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts early in free agency because they knew that, unfortunately, just financially, he wasn't going to be able to be on the team long term. And so they knew they had to make a change. So they signed Eric Armstead to that big, long contract, and they had to let Buckner go. So they let him go for the 13th pick. They were able to trade that 13th pick for the 14th pick. Tampa Bay wanted to move up. So they traded at to get to 14 and got a fourth-round pick. At 14, they still got their guy, who's defensive tackle uh, – Javon Kinlaw and Kinlaw of course will come in essentially be Buckner's replacement. So someone asked me actually, so what was the point of replacing Buckner? And it, just to clarify for anyone who cares, and even if you don't, I'm going to clarify that the, that as I said before, they weren't going to be able to keep him on the team long-term. So they had to look towards the future. So therefore they get Kinlaw, who is a fantastic player and they get that fourth round pick, which they later used to go from 31 to 25 to get the wide receiver they like in Ayuk, who is a great player who I think has a ton of potential, probably was only so far down because he didn't have that long at Arizona State. He started at Sierra College. Uh, tremendous yards after the catch guy, which Kyle Shanahan loves. And I think part of the reason, of course, he loves that, A, getting yards after the catch is a good thing. But B, there's a mentality to that. There's a certain person and mentality and kind of player that works hard for those yards after the catch. So that was great. And then, of course, the biggest news, the day three news for the 49ers, left tackle Joe Staley retired. And he had let the 49ers know that he was going to retire before the draft so they could replace him. And they traded a fifth round pick this year and a third round pick next year to Washington for Trent Williams, who is a tremendous all pro left tackle. He had not played 
last year for a variety of reasons that I don't think we totally need to get into here. Uh, I'm yeah. sure everyone knows ad nauseum, but here he is coming to San Francisco. And that was a tremendous, tremendous pickup for the 49ers. Yeah. And it makes them a much better team. I mean, listen, Joe Staley has been tremendous, but he, you know, was towards the end of his career. He's been battling a lot of injuries, which is why he decided to retire at this point. And I think it just makes, it becomes a, an upgrade for the 49ers. Uh, so that was huge. So I give the 49ers an A because they were able to wheel and deal and get everything they wanted. And they have Trent Williams, and that was incredible. Also adding some depth at tight end, especially in blocking with Charlie Werner, a potentially really great wide receiver with Jawan Jennings, a guy who can play in the slot and, and who could be really helpful uh, in that wide receiver core, which is getting more interesting by the second. They traded Marquise Goodwin, traded running back Matt Breida. Um, so I think they just did a really good job with this team. They were able to cut some salary where they needed to. Right. They were able to improve where they needed to. They replaced Emmanuel Sanders with Ayuk. So, I mean, really, I think they did everything that you'd want to do. And it was a real testament to the roster. And I think a real message to the roster that we're very happy with that roster that went to the Super Bowl. Right. And we want to keep it together. And we don't need to do a lot, but we we did what we needed to do. And I think they really did an incredible job. Uh, and I know some people wanted them to pick a wide receiver at that 14th pick and, and maybe don't understand, but I would say they did a fantastic job. I would also say John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took a dumpster top fire of a football team <laughs> and in three years rebuilt it and took it to the Super Bowl. So I tend to trust them, tend to think they know what yeah. they're doing. <laughs> so I really think they had an absolutely incredible, incredible draft. And, and we'll see how it all plays out. One thing I just want to comment is they didn't have a lot of picks going in. So they didn't have a no. lot to work with. And like it's opposite to what the Jaguars had to deal with. Jaguars were going straight volume. This one, you know, they, they wasn't meant for volume. They wanted certain players. They honed in on it. And they were able to clear cap space. You know, I, I, I respect it, you know, and what do you really want to change about a Super Bowl team? I mean, there's, mm -hmm. you know, it's already so good. And I think they've retained, I think it was like 85% of the roster, something really high. So, you know, you're only going to look to for a little pieces of the puzzle. You're not going, you know, maybe like depth, but this isn't going to like change the team, you know, so to speak, because they didn't have a ton of loss, you know, so that I think to them retaining their team is, is a really good thing. And really where they lost they filled right back in. Right. And that was, and, and did it, uh, obviously Trent Williams, they'll hope to sign to a, a, a longer deal, but they did it um, at wide receiver and on the defensive line uh, for cheaper. And as you said, they also cleared cap space. Uh, so I, I feel like they did a great job. So we'll see, they may, will they be back at the Super Bowl next year in Tampa? Time will tell, but I think they did a really good job here. So that was exciting. So before Steph and I continue on and talk about some other teams that caught our eye, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Favor Apple Cider Vinegar. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor Apple Cider Vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, 
and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, Steph, so who else in the AFC caught your eye, whether good or bad, in this year's draft? You know, there was a few teams um, that I was really impressed by. I felt like a few teams had very good drafts. Um, covering the AFC side, um, you know, the Bucks have changed their whole team around completely, and they had two high picks um, in the first round. So, you know, of course, getting the offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs, was – something that needs to happen because you got to protect <laughs> Tom Brady, right? And so, and then they also made a lot of, um, you know, they got uh, a wide receiver, Tyler Johnson. They got a safety in Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, running back, Kashawn Vaughn. So I liked all that. It, it really shows that, like, even with the Rob Gronkowski move, this is just a really, like, glossy addition to the Tampa Bay, you know, bucket. <laughs> I, you know, it's a, I, I don't think I've ever seen it, you know, this, this um, more complete. Like, I feel like they've got a right tackle. They got a terrific safety. They got a complete running back. They got an, a needed outside wide out and they have defensive tackle depth. So I think that they moved way up and, um, Oh, they're NFC. Sorry. But anyway, I was that they're one of the ones that made a real impression on me. That's okay. Even Sorry. if they are the NFC, you are allowed to talk about them. They are in the state of same state as your team. So we will give it to you as a break. How's that? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I've been sick. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll say we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally, listen, it's totally fine. And they, you know what? They did have a really good draft. And I think. It is worth bringing up, and they are in your state of Florida. And you did bring up something that happened after we recorded last week, of course, with Rob Gronkowski going to Tampa. And I don't know if there's a place that's ever gotten such a glow up in an offseason as Tampa with the addition of Tom Brady and now Rob Gronkowski. And you're right, they also had a really good draft. And and I think they're going to be a competitive team. Do I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl? No, but I think they're going to be a very competitive football team. And I guess we could go back to my age-old adage that I use all the time, never bet against Tom Brady. So who knows? You just just never know. Uh, Was there anyone in the AFC that did catch your eye? And if not, that is totally fine. Well, the obvious one was Baltimore. Um, To me, they're just completely um, changing. I mean, I even gave them an A+. I felt like they're just reigning supreme. I mean, they they have so much already. they do have a linebacker weakness, and that's what they went with Patrick Queen. Um, they have a, you know, their run game is already so strong, but by picking up J.K. Dob- Dobbins, I just don't know how they're going to defend that. Like, you're, you have the Dobbins, mm-hmm. you have people that go through, then you have, you know, the quarterback himself, and it's just, I felt like they're going to have the best rushing attack that we've ever seen. So, and, and they were already very good. They also got Duvarney. Um, Devin DeVarnay, he's a wide receiver. It's just like, how do you defend that? It's just an, it's another speed um, type player, and it's going to be really tough to defend. You know, such a mobile team. So I, I think that they did really well. Um, 
they they have a ton of depth. They got a guard in there, Tyre Phillips, and um, you know a defensive tackle, and they have a linebacker. So they really improved all the positions where they were a little bit lacking, and they even got a safety in the seventh round. So, uh, you know, I think that what they did um, makes a lot of sense, and they replaced um, Marshall Yonda, who was guard. So they were able to just basically fill in those needs, and it just it looks like that they're really going to um, do well this season. I, I mean, I'd take that draft in a heartbeat, so I thought they did really well. Awesome. And I, before I talk about the NFC, there is an AFC team that I think really had an incredible draft beyond the number one pick. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they did a lot to improve their team here. Obviously taking Joe Burrow at one remains to be seen how he does. As I keep saying, uh, the draft is a crapshoot and quarterbacks are interesting in the draft. Quarterbacks picked one don't always amount to superstars, but I do think Joe Burrow is a very special player. So I think the Bengals had a really good draft there, picking up T. Higgins at wide receiver. They picked up a couple of linebackers, uh, good offensive tackle. They improved their defense. So I think we're going to see a very different Cincinnati Bengals team. Maybe not next year. I think we'll see them better. But in the coming years, I think we're going to see a good Cincinnati Bengals team, of course, want to just mention Tua going to Miami. Oddly right. enough, where everyone always thought he was going to go, tank for Tua worked at the fifth pick in the draft. <laughs> um, so, you know, for Tua, of course, it's going to be a health thing. I think we're also looking at a very special, talented quarterback. Can he stay healthy? That will be the big thing. I hope for his sake that he can. I really like Tua, and I'd like to see him succeed. So I'm hoping – that he can. So those were just a couple points I wanted to hit upon uh, in the draft there. And then over in the NFC, there were two teams. There were two teams that really stood out at me for good reasons. And then two that I'm curious about. So I'll start with the, the, my two really, my good ones. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, I'm giving them an A adding to an already very impressive offseason. Yeah. They drafted linebacker Isaiah Thomas, who is, an, I mean, he's listed as a linebacker, but he can play at so many different positions and he can be very situational. Incredible, versatile defensive talent there. So that was a great pickup. They ended up with a defensive tackle or a couple defensive tackles, uh, an offensive tackle to help protect their quarterback and Kyler Murray. And, of course, they got DeAndre Hopkins during free agency. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be a force to be reckoned with. I I want to say, and I don't think this is me, me being biased, but I do think the NFC West is back as the top um, division in football. So, because you're going to have the Cardinals, the 49ers, those pesky Seahawks, who really probably shouldn't be that good but will be. And then <laughs> the Rams, well – Maybe not them as much, but it's still going to be a very tough division uh, in football. But I think the Cardinals just continued their great offseason. And also, kudos to their coach, sitting in his house. The, I mean, his, his house and his look for the draft there was a mood. If you guys missed that photo, please check it out. But it was pretty awesome. Uh, very Cliff Kingsbury in his minimalist modern home getting ready to draft. And it was just like, Cool oh. dreams, you know, everything coolness was made up. I thought it was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And then 
and you're not going to like this stuff as many 49ers fans won't. And actually probably a lot of football fans, because for a team that's America's team, they sure have a lot of people that hate them. But the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys had a really good draft. I have to say now we'll see how that translate. Is Mike McCarthy the savior? Is that change the team? But they got uh, C.D. Lamb, which was pretty incredible at number 17 that he was still there. That was a surprise to a lot of people that those top wide receivers did not go earlier. But he's obviously a tremendous talent at wide receiver. Really probably points to a philosophical change on that offense, that it's not just about Zeke and tight ends. You've got – CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and I think it's gonna we're gonna see a lot of changes on that Cowboys offense. And I'm I'm actually excited about it because they got a lot of talent there. And right. I think they're gonna be able to use all that talent in the ways they were meant to be used. Uh, and then over on defense, and they needed a lot of help in their secondary, they were able to draft Trayvon Diggs, Stefan's brother, uh, a cornerback, and he I think will make a huge difference there. So I expect the Cowboys to compete. If the Cowboys can't compete next year with this group of talent and with their new coach, then I don't know what to say about that. I will have, <laughs> I will have no words really to say about that. But I think I think we are going to see um, a very different Cowboys team next year. So those are the ones that stood out to me. And then, of course, the surprises. Uh, and, Steph, we talked a little about this before we got on here. The Green Bay Packers – drafting a quarterback uh drafting Jordan Love and then of course the Philadelphia Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts with the Packers to be honest with you it's not so much that they drafted the quarterback because I Jordan Love to me is not a guy who's coming in and starting year one or maybe even year two so Aaron Rodgers has three years left on his deal if he's going to sit behind him for a couple years and learn that's not really what I think is so shocking even though I think that is kind of what sent the shockwaves it's more that this is a team that is desperate for skill positions mm-hmm. and they didn't draft any. So, or that other didn't, maybe they did not draft any, but they went, it, that's to me what was more confusing. Well, they didn't draft a wide receiver, which doesn't make any sense. And it was kind of, I felt like they whiffed completely. I mean, I just didn't get it. How did they get, go from a 13 to three team? I mean, you're a contender at that point, And, I don't think Love, Dylan, and Degar are going to really help them win more games in 2020. So that, to me, was what I didn't really get. Um, you know, the, even if they would have gotten the offensive tackle earlier yeah. or something that would support Rodgers, but there was nothing really for that supporting. So either they really believe in him to take it with what he's got, but I, 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 I felt like that was definitely the most disappointing in the entire draft for Aaron. You know, it just uh, – you. you you know, I may not be fans of the team, but I, I, I like to root for players, you know, and I want them to do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was disappointing. I think it was uh, up there. Eagles, too. Like you said, Jalen Hurts. I just didn't get it. I mean, not that I have anything against Jalen Hurts or, or, you know, love. No, but, but it, I think with the Eagles, well, I think it, it in that particular case, well, I want to say one thing on the Packers really quick before we move yeah. uh, more into the Eagles, in that they not only – I mean, they went far, but they were one game away from going to the Super Bowl, and they got completely annihilated in that game against San Francisco. So you would think that they would look at that game and say, what were we missing? And one of the things they were missing was a wide receiver. Uh, not a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, not like, oh, you know what we needed? Yeah, exactly. If we just had a backup quarterback, we would have been 
we would have been in Miami. So that's the thing where it was just really confusing. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. You have your one game away. That should actually in some ways make your draft really easy to pinpoint what went wrong and how do we fix it. So, you know, that was just, that was shocking. And then, yes, the Eagles. So the Eagles to me does, and maybe I'm reading into it, uh, which maybe that's my job as a media member, but um, the Eagles to me, that signals maybe not as much confidence in Carson Wentz as one would hope that they have. And that one being Carson Wentz, because he is, you know, much earlier in his career than in Aaron Rodgers. And he, he was supposed to be kind of the golden boy to take this team to the promised land, AKA the Super Bowl. Nick Foles took him to a Super Bowl and, and won it granted taking nothing from Carson Wentz. He played that season into December when he got hurt. And so they obviously would not be where they were without him. But to me, this does signal something kind of interesting in Philly. And do we have a, QB controversy brewing at some point, maybe not this season, but some point soon. You know, uh, you know, here's my take on it, and I might have a little bit of a different take on it, but you know, the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, and it was just the belief that you know the beat goes at on and next man up. And when Car- Carson Wentz has been hurt, they haven't had anybody to step in at all. So that's what I'm kind of thinking is it's sure. not necessarily like a ding on Carson Wentz, but he's kind of made it out of glass. That's what I say. Because he, he gets hurt. And then it's, then it's like, what are they supposed to just throw away the season because of it? So to right. them, right. you know, maybe it's just, you know, and it's costly. It's a costly insurance, but, you know, it's not totally unthinkable in my mind and I think where they're coming from is hey you know we want a Super Bowl this way you know they just think of backups a little bit differently than you know other NFL teams because they know that they have to have somebody next man up that is a, that can be a contender and it was back-to-back weird reaches I mean definitely they got two Jalen's you know on that uh I didn't expect them to go wide if they went wide receiver, I didn't expect Jalen Rager, but you know, they mm-hmm. might have saw something in, in him. So, you know, either way, um, it, it wasn't anything um, really splashy. I, I, I feel like the three best picks were Driscoll, Hightower and Winagu. And those were like middle of the road and they should have gone earlier. So I think they were able to pick up a little bit, but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. You know, it, it just was a weird draft, but I that's but I kind of think that's kind of how their team is built. All right, I like that take. I think that's a good take. Um, and you've and you've made me think differently about it, so I like that too. So, all right, guys, before we go, it is time for Fangirl says who's not. Let me start that over too. <laughs> hey, guys, before. Okay, guys, before we go, it is time for Fangirl Says, who's hot and who is not? Steph, do you mind if I go first this week? I do not. All right. So my Fangirl Says, who's hot uh, is, uh, it's going to be a tie. I think I'm going to give my Fangirl Says, who's hot to the NFL, really, for putting together a really incredible draft and ESPN and NFL Network. They did a fantastic job under difficult circumstances. So that is going to be my fangirl says who's hot, actually. And then my who's not is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Wah, wah. 
Um, I, you know, I'm going to go all basketball this week because even though it was the NFL draft, I think you covered the NFL. We did pretty well. But if anybody's still watching The Last Dance, which to me is just like totally awesome, um, I'm going to say that I have new respect for Phil Jackson, the beyond. And I don't know if it was just me growing up or me hating LA teams, (laughs) but I can't believe what he was able to do with what he, you know, all of that and just accomplished so much. So he's my who's hot. I have a new respect and my who's not hot is the 91 Detroit, uh, Pistons uh, for mm-hmm. for walking out of the Bulls and not shaking their hands. <laughs> that was really not hot. That was very very not hot. And if you're not watching the Last Dance, you guys, you should be. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us today. We will be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and also su- to subscribe to our other podcast, Get My Job. And also, we are doing something that has been new the last couple weeks, Fangirl Flick of the Week. We talk about a different movie every week. It is me and another fangirl on our brand Instagram, Thursdays at 5.30. And this week, it's A League of Their Own, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network to keep up with all of these fun things. And with that, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Steph. We'll see you later. All right. Bye. Bye.